we'll look briefly into God's Word. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 primarily. 2 Corinthians 4, I'll read 10 and 11. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, in the, life, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and for the weekly celebration of this table. May it call and stir up in our hearts uh, a righteousness that is alien, given by Christ, that we embrace by faith. May it be so now. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled this Life and Death, and it's not an either-or, as we'll see, but a both. Uh, In this portion of Paul's letter to the Christian church at Corinth, he is in the midst of describing the place of suffering. Uh, This follows right after his eloquent words describing the glorious new life we have in Jesus, which might seem uh, incongruous. perplexing at the very least. How is it that we can have these glorious promises of the new life, but yet have difficulty, suffering, persecution that he certainly preeminently endured? To the world, that seems contradictory. How is it that faith in the risen and conquering king, you'd think all enemies destroyed, right? If he's that victorious, how is it that we can have present afflictions, persecutions, indeed suffering unto death? So, no doubt, that's very reasonable, really. We can be sympathetic to our hearers out in the world who might be confused by this. It is understandable that it be perplexing. And it is, of course, countercultural. That's one of the things I think is a challenge to us, that it goes against the culture of our nation, just as much as it did in first century Asia. For the listeners of Paul there in Corinth, it is countercultural to Americans. For us, just like the Greco-Roman culture back then, American culture exalts victory, power, outward success. With that comes the hallmarks of the good life. Yet the link here between death and life is eminently biblical. This is not merely Paul speaking from his last week's difficulties that he wrote down in his journal and and has to think through rationally and pulls out of the thin air something to comfort him. No, he is not the only one. This link between death and life is consistent with all of God's Word. And indeed, the Lord's table that we come to today to partake of very clearly portrays life and death linked together. It's by His death that we have life. For some other examples of this link, recall Romans 7. I won't necessarily turn to it and read that passage, but in part of that chapter, we read that the uh, spouse of the deceased is permissible to remarry if her husband has died because death releases from that bond. From that, Paul then makes the conclusion, much more theologically, that our death in Christ sets us free from the law freeing us unto the new life via a new bond in Christ. So we died to one so that we can live to the other, just like the surviving spouse having that death is alive to remarry to another. Again, in the Gospels, in John chapter 12, Jesus is recorded as saying, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So the same point, death, death in that case to the old man, to the life that he had, that death leads to new life 
And note, of course, the new life is greatly, greatly multiplied beyond the former life. To paint a picture for that, my children have been very intrigued recently with the start of gardening season with taking different food products out of our pantry, be it millet or flax seeds or pinto beans, and then they ask me, how much are we going to get when this plant grows? And one of them asked, upon planting a handful of pinto beans, I said, well, it could be, you know, 15, 20 beans per each one you put in there. And they're just running through their mind the math on planting 15 and getting 15 from each, and it just seems remarkable. So the same here, a grain of wheat, one single grain of wheat seeming, seeming to die, to fall into the ground, be planted and spring up, brings, in the case of wheat, it's more than 15. So that multiplication of the death of the old life and the establishment of the new. But coming back to 2 Corinthians 4, I want to ask you, do you want to have what verse 6, if we back up a little bit, calls the light of the knowledge of the glory of God? Do we want to have the light of the knowledge of the glory of God? Certainly you do. I think you do, as evidenced by the fact that you're here in the worship of the Holy Triune God today. But know that such glory was only and can only ever be accomplished through death. That is the death of Jesus, bringing affliction and persecution upon him in his life leading to the cross, bringing affliction and persecution to us who are faithful to him. The world might think this suffering is evidence that we're on a bad path, that we chose the wrong course, that we're fools, but know for sure it is actually evidence that we're on the right path. So really we can be encouraged by this bringing together of death leading to life. And through that encouragement, we can be steadfast. And I want to challenge each of us to be steadfast, not just in thinking and placing our faith, which is always important, but to be steadfast in actions of putting to death the deeds of the flesh, discussed elsewhere in Paul's letters, to put to death the anger, uh, the impatience, the greed, the lust, all forms of idolatry that we so easily fall prey to. And instead, cling to the hope sustained by Paul, the very practice of things he instructs us in, like in Ephesians 4, that uh, Pastor Duff has been going through in other communion meditations, as he words it here in verse 17. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now is for a moment. The future is eternal. It is far more exceeding the difficulties we may have now. All the more reminder to be patient, to endure, to persevere with joy and faith. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for uh, the proclamation of your death that we see in this table. And that we, through these various scriptures, might see that indeed glory, the only true glory, your glory, is obtained through death that we would not seek a shortcut to it, that we would not seek to avoid it, but that we would embrace it, putting to death the deeds of the flesh, following the footsteps of our Holy Savior and His death that accomplished what we could not. I pray this on behalf of your people. In the name of Jesus, amen.